The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Last week we talked about more firsts. There's more firsts to come. Uh, we talked about the circle of life. I hope you remember that and uh, how we're not living a life in a circle, but we're living a life linear. We're moving forward in our daily life, and I hope that's uh, your desire, and I hope that's what you remember from last week. And this, this morning, what I want to talk about is, is living on purpose, living life on purpose, not just uh, uh, happenstance, but, uh, but living, living on purpose and how are we moving forward. And I want to ask you to think about this. What Today, do you know what your purpose is? Do you, do you know what drives you? What, what moves you? What motivates you? And uh, as you think about that question, you may be picturing certain aspects of your life already. You, you may be thinking of things, for example, like your home life. Maybe that's what motivates you or drives you. Maybe it's your spiritual life, or maybe it's your work life, or your rec- recreational life, your, uh, your school life, etc. Whatever, I want you to think about that, because what it seems like we do is we ca- uh, compartmentalize our lives. We, uh, we say... Uh, here's the here's the compartment of my life, and and this is what's moving me today. And here's another area, and this is what m- is moving me today. But with God, there's no difference. Uh, wherever we are, there's no distinction uh, distinction between uh, different rare areas or different roads of our life. With God, no matter where we are and what, whatever's motivating us, God has a purpose for that in our life. Did you hear that? Wherever we are, whatever we're involved in right now, there's a purpose for that going on in our lives. And I want you to understand that. Whatever we're doing, if you're working, if you're uh, emptying trash cans or sweeping floors, or uh, if you're running for president, from those, and I'm not saying that's the greatest thing to aspire to, but from, from those areas, from the greatest thing to the, to the most minute thing, we need to realize God has a purpose for that. And God can use us in that area wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever situation or circumstance we're in, God can use us during that, that area. Maybe you've, uh, maybe you've heard this story. I, I'm sure you probably have. Uh, a lot of folks just live their life without understanding what their purpose is. And, and they just go through emotion. And, and it reminded me of the story about the little girl that went to her mother and said, Mama, why do you cut the ends off the ham before you cook it? Y'all remember that story? And, and you know, she goes through that whole, uh, that whole thing, and she said, well, maybe it adds uh, flavor by the, uh, allowing the meat to absorb the spices a little better. And, uh, but maybe you need to ask your grandmother. And, and then she asked her grandmother, why do you cut the ends off the meat before you cook it? And uh, her grandmother thought a moment and said, well, maybe it allows the meat to be more tender and, and it, uh, it's juicier. And, but you may go ask Nana because I learned that from her. So she said, Nana, why do you cut the ends off of your ham before you cook it? And, and Nana smiled and said, uh, because my pot's not big enough to get the ham in. And uh, so for, for three generations, somebody was just living and following through life and not really with any purpose. I just, this is just kind of the way it is, and I, I just kind of, I'm just supposed to live. What does that sound like? It sounds like a circle of life, doesn't it? I'm just, 
I'm doing it because mama done it, mama done it because grandma done it, and grandma done it because great-grandma done it, and, and the right, uh, only purpose was that my pot wasn't big enough. And, and so it becomes a circle that we're living in, and, and we're all driven either by design or default. You're, we're all driven by something. We're either driven by design because we are living life on a line and we're living life with a purpose or we're driven simply by default because there's just some things we have to do. We have to get up. We have to go. I, I just thought about that guy that said, I'm, I, I'm tired of church. I, I, I'm gonna, the people don't like me. They, they won't speak to me. They don't want me there, and, and I'm not going today. And, and his mom said, you have to go. You're the pastor. And, and so, so design or default, we, we live, I have to go. I, I'm, I'm at church today because I'm expected to go. I, it's just the default location for Sunday morning activities. So when we think about that, I want to think this morning about living life with a purpose that God has designed for us. God has designed us a purpose, or, or, uh, or are we living just simply on some schedules? And, and I have some reasons of why we would want to do that. I think these are very valid. I think when, we, when, you, when you'll give this a little time, and when you'll think about living life on purpose, I think you'll see a couple of things here that really will pay off and there are the benefits for living life on purpose. And the first is this. If we live life on a purpose, it's going to reduce frustration. Now, think about that just a moment. <clears throat> By knowing our purpose, it reduces meaningless work. If we're in a job where we think, this is just, it's just meaningless work. It's just a task. I'm driven by default. I'm just here because I have to be here then all of a sudden we're frustrated with what we do. But if we come to the point of our life of realizing, hey, God has a purpose for me, I'm fulfilling my purpose in God in this job, whatever it may be, then, then my work all of a sudden, it's not meaningless any longer. It's, it's driven with purpose. I have a reason for getting out of bed. I, uh, we may feel like we're always busy and never accomplishing anything. A lot of that's because we don't have a purpose with what we're doing. We're not moving forward with that purpose. And I heard a statement. Somebody uh, said that so many of us have so many irons in the fire that we're putting the fire out. <laughs> and, and I think that's true for us. I think sometimes we get so many things going on that, that the fire starts to die out. And that's because we're living in so many different areas that we haven't said, wait a minute, this is my purpose, and this is how God wants me to move forward. We're burning the candles at both ends, and, and we're not as bright as we think, even though we've got it burning on both ends. I, I found this little clip that says this. It's kind of Psalms, the 23rd Psalms, but it says, excuse me, it says this, My clock is my dictator, I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when exhausted, and it leads me into deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzies for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I never get it all done. For my, my idol with me is time. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance from within me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines, and my basket overflows. And surely fatigue and time pressures will follow me all the days of my life, and I will be bound with frustration forever. 
Yeah, that's so true for some of us, isn't it? I mean, we, we live life and we seem to go through meaningless tasks, which ends up just being another circle and another day and another getting up and going to bed and moving out. But when we begin to live life on purpose, when we begin to, to think about God has a purpose and a plan for me, it's going to reduce frustration. Here's the second thing it's going to do. It's going to increase motivation. Now, if you would take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians uh, chapter 3, the first thing we see here, it's going it's to reduce frustration. The second thing, it's going to increase motivation. Why get out of bed if you have no reason? If you have absolutely no reason to get up, you know what the problem was when all this rain was for weeks and weeks and weeks? It kind of gets hard to get motivated, don't it? Because you can't do anything. You can't mow. You can't get in the garden. You can't, you can't do things. So Saturday morning, you roll over and you hear it thundering and you hear the rain hitting the roof and you think, I'm not getting up. There's nothing for me to do today. But when we live life on purpose, when we understand what God wants us to do, we, we are to get extremely excited. We are to be enthusiastic and, and our motives should increase because all of a sudden, instead of just living a life on a circle, we're saying, you know what? God has something for me today. I've got to get out of this bed. I've got to get on the move because I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what God has plan for me today. Here's the third thing it'll do, and I'm not to my message yet, but it allows us to concentrate. You know, people always, uh, seems like we say our mind is wandering, or we've got so many things on our mind that we just get off a task, and we're living on purpose. It allows us some time to concentrate and stay on track. You know, if we can concentrate on what we're doing, if we can think about what God is doing for us, and here's God's purpose for me, I work in Encore. I've been there for 32 years nearly, and I believe God wants me there. And I believe God uses me there. And, and I have a purpose. And, and sometimes as daily work goes around, we lose focus of that. And we think, you know what, I'm just here. I've got a few years till I can retire. I'm just going through these motions and all of these different things. But when we're able, when we're able to, to concentrate and focus and keep on track that, hey, I'm in this position and I'm doing these things because God has a purpose for me. It allows us to stay on track and to stay on focus of what God has for us. You know, purpose, I read this little story about President Ulysses S. Grant. It says a, a Scotsman came and he wanted to demonstrate the golf, so he carefully placed the ball on the tee. He reared back and took a mighty swing. The club hit the turf and, and uh, scattered a bunch of dirt on the president's beard, and, and the ball just stayed there on the tee. Have y'all ever done that? Have you, testify. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that embarrassing? And here's the bad thing. The second time, you know, I want to like turn and kick it with my foot. And then, you know, there it went. Woo, there it went right there. Uh, and when I do it the most is when there's 12 people behind me waiting to tee off, you know. So uh, I'll say, what's that game called where you just, uh, you take the best drive? I'll just pick my ball and say, we'll use your drive this time, you know. But uh, so this guy, he, he hits again and he misses the ball again and, Again, dirt flies everywhere, and after six tries, uh, it said this, that the president said, there seems to be a fair amount of exercise in this game, but I fail to see the purpose of the ball. <laughs> so uh, uh, 
without concentration and then without keeping on track, uh, he, he said, I don't understand what the ball's here. You were doing a lot of swinging, we're doing a lot of moving, but, but we're not getting anywhere. And, and I think for a lot of people, they're swinging away at, at life just wildly. You know, they're not sure where they're going, they're not sure what they're supposed to be doing, so they're just swinging away at the ball. And he, listen to this, this is a great passage of Scripture. Ephesians 2.10, you may say, well, you told us to turn to Philippians. Well, we're going to be there next. Ephesians 2.10 says this, listen, if you're a born-again Christian or if you're lost, God wants you to come to Him, and we're going to get to that in just a moment, but listen to why you were created. You are God's masterpiece. Isn't that great? Do you believe that? You believe that God created you as His masterpiece? And He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. See, God has a purpose for us. You're His masterpiece. You're His great creation. And He has a plan for you. And He made you new in Jesus Christ so that you can do the things He has planned for you, and He's planned them from the, for the foundation of the world. He has a plan for you, and, and He has a purpose for you, and we need to be able to concentrate and move forward. Philippians chapter 3, this is our passage this morning. Philippians chapter 3, go down to verse 7 in Philippians 3. And this is Paul talking, he says, But whatever was to my profit... Whatever my gain was, whatever to my profit was, I now counted a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God is by faith. And I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12 says, Not that I've already attained all of this or that I've already been made perfect, But I press on to take hold for that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Boy, don't miss that right there. Paul said, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. This is my goal set before me. Not that I've attained these things, but that I may press on to take hold of which Jesus Christ has taken hold of me. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying, I know God's got a purpose. And I know he has a plan for me. I've been created anew in Christ Jesus. He has a plan for me which he created long ago. And man, I want to take hold of Christ that I may see what Christ has taken hold of me for. And brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, I forget what is behind and straining forward ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. As we think about this passage of Scripture, there's a couple of things I want us to look at. They won't be long this morning, Dina. Is she still here? I told her, J.C.'s wedding, 
I said, if y'all know me, uh, I have five points today. And Dana got her little notebook out and her pen. No, she didn't, but <laughs> uh, she'd come up after and said, I thought, oh, no, we'll never get out of here because I usually have three on Sunday. I have seven. I have eight today. So uh, we're still going to be out of here in plenty of time. But, but there's, there's a few things that I want us to look at, and actually there's four different things that I find in this scripture as we think about living life on a purpose, uh, living life concentrated, and living life focused on what God has us to do. The first step to that, and, and Paul mentions it here, and I mentioned it here too, we must know Christ. In verse 8, <clears throat> Philippians 3, starting there in verse 8, listen to what he says one more time. What is more, I consider everything aloft compared to the, the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ as my Lord. For us, to, for us to live life on a purpose, we have to know Christ as our Lord. That's the first step. And this morning, I don't want you simply to think about, well, I've been coming to church all my life. My great-grandmother came to this church. My mother, grandmother came to church. My mother came to church. I'm coming to church. And because of that, hey, I'm going to fit in the pot. I, I, I've done this for years. I want you to ask yourself, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Have you ever realized that, hey, I'm a sinner and, and I need forgiveness and it doesn't matter what I've done, it doesn't matter the good life I've lived, it doesn't matter the bad life I've lived, we need a Savior. And Paul says this, I have a knowledge of Jesus Christ, and here's the key, as Lord of my life. And when we understand that, we can't possibly know God's purpose for our lives if we don't know Jesus Christ as Lord. That's the first step. Listen to this, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes. I love this scripture, and you probably know it because I quote it over and over and over. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give you life in fullness. That's God's purpose for His children, that we would have a life and that we would have a more abundant life. He wants, to have, he wants us to have the best of life here on earth. Are we going to have struggles? Yes. Are there going to be tough times? Yes. But, but when we go through a tough time, if you leave church this morning and you live down where I live, if you take this first left, we can get a testimony right over here, <laughs> uh, and, we, and you take this first left and you go down just about 100 yards, you're going to start hitting bumps. Big bumps. And if you get to going too fast, when you get right down in front of the Sunshine House, you're going to hit a hole that's about that deep, and it's the whole width of the road. <laughs> and Because uh, I, I hit it. <laughs> and uh, it looks kind of like the road until you get right to it, and then it is just gone. And as we go, and as you go home, my, my goal is to get home. But to get home, I've got to go through some pretty rough bumps. Now, you can go the other way, and it's a whole lot better. <laughs> it's a whole lot smoother. But according to the roads we choose, and sometimes not even by our own choosing, it wasn't just a few months ago, that road out there was just as bad as this road over here. Not because of our own choosing, but sometimes the roads we're on, there's some big potholes, and there's some big bumps. And we go through those bump, bumps and through those potholes, but we don't need to look around at those. We're looking at the ultimate goal. And through Christ, we reach that goal. We reach that purpose in life. So knowing Christ, that's the first thing. Here's the second. 
We must forget what is behind us. In verse 13, Paul says, I'm, I'm forgetting what's behind. If you look back in your notes last week, you say, well, last week you told us to remember what was behind us. Well, here's what I want to... I'm not contradicting what I'm saying, contradicting what I said last week. And I may have said that on Wednesday. I can't remember for sure. But, but whether our past is good, whether our past is bad, we can't focus on the past. Now, we can go back and say, boy, I remember what God has done for me. I remember this time in my life, and I was in this situation, and these were my circumstances, and boy, God led me through that. And boy, we can, we can find joy in that. In the midst of our struggles, we can look back and say, boy, I remember God has delivered me, and I'm looking forward because He's got more deliverance ahead for me. We can remember those things, but we can't stay focused on those things. If you're trying to move forward... And you, you had something in your past that was just wonderful. Maybe you y'all ever go to Colorado and just drive up through the mountains? And the worst thing if you're doing that, if you're the driver, isn't it? Because, and my mother, she, she would just always, oh, look at the mountains up there. Oh, look at that. And, you know, you're trying to look out and you're driving. And you're trying to look, you know, and, and watch the road. You've got to watch the road, you know, but you're wanting to look. And, and all of a sudden, if you see something that was just beautiful, maybe it was a, a big old long waterfall and there's a, there's a cliff around and all of these things. And, and if you start just focusing on that, what's going to happen? You're going to end up in a ravine somewhere, crashed out, because why? Because you, you were focused on what was behind, good or bad. If you pass a wreck, doesn't that frustrate you in Dallas or even in Paris or in Cooper? When somebody has a wreck and all those rubberneckers, you know, and they, they slow down to five miles an hour and then they get by and you can see them still just trying to, boy, trying to focus on that. And, you know, what can I see? Well, that's, that's, that's focusing on what's past. God tells us this. We need, to, we need to focus on what's ahead of us. We can't focus on what's the past. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you hope. Forgetting that which is behind, looking forward to that which is ahead, I press on for the prize awaiting me. Here's the third thing. We must have a worthy Goal. You know, God operates in an intentional manner. He, he, has, he has an intention for us. He, ha, he operates in a, a, an intentional manner, and I believe our lives will be better if we do the same thing. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that if you don't have an agenda, then, then usually your day is going to go to pot, isn't it? If, and I, I'm bad about that. I'll just be honest. Saturdays, sometimes I get up and I want to cut hay and do this and do that and do this and do that. If I don't put some goals or some priorities down, when Denise comes in and says, why'd you get done today? I, well, boy, they had a gun smoke episode going on, and, and the rifleman followed that, you know. And, and, uh, and, and, and if we set a goal, and, and we have a, a purpose, and, and we live that life and say, you know, this is where I want to be today, this is what I want to get accomplished today. God is using me where I am today, so I'm going to accomplish this purpose in life. I'm going to be able to move forward this purpose in life, and, and here's my goal for today. And you know what my goal is? The Bible says this, one day we're going to stand before God the Father, and He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, ain't that our goal? And when we put that together with life, at the end of every day, 
Can we lay down and hear our Father say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And in the morning when we wake up and we hit the floor and we have a goal before us, and that night we know that God can say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. We're living life within that goal. Here's the last thing. We need to realize our purpose is eternal. Isn't that great? I mean, God has given us a purpose that's going to last for all of eternity. When you lead someone to Christ, that has changed eternity for that person. When someone looks at you and, and realizes that there must be a God the Father and, and there's something different about that person and, and I want to know what they have, we've changed a life for all of eternity. That is so awesome. And we need to realize that our purpose on this life is just temporary. We're just passing through. I thought of that song that says, you know, this life we're on today and we're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I want to give you an illustration of that. When you go on vacation, some of you may do this. Do y'all go in and unpack all your bags in the hotel? I mean, pull the drawers out, empty the suitcases, put the suitcase in the closet. I don't do that. I, open, I may hang some clothes up, but uh, I unzip my suitcase, and when I pack, I put my socks over here, and I put my underwear over here, and I put my T-shirts here, and my blue jeans here, and when I get ready to do something, I just dig through that bag till I find where I'm going. Maybe I don't go in and say, boy, this, this wall needs to be... Uh, beige and they've got it green we need to do some repainting while we're here we don't set up house in the in the hotel room do we why don't we do that we're going to spend some time there we're going to we're going to we're going to go around and and we're going to be there day after day we may eat some meals there we may do other things we don't do those things because we realize it's just a temporary dwelling for us and that we have something more than that awaiting us when we get back home and for us on this earth, we may be here for uh, 80 years, 100 years. Uh, we may really live a long time and be here 110 or 120 years, but, but we're just here temporarily. And we have a, a something that's, that's bigger, a, a better purpose waiting for us at home. So when we come to this earth, we don't need to live our lives and unpack all our stuff and repaint all the walls simply thinking, you know what, I'm just here this is my whole purpose. And when my time here is over, when my vacation ends, then uh, it's not going to matter any longer. When we live our life with a purpose, and we move forward with that purpose, then we really understand what we're here for. I read this story. The very first person to reach the status of a billionaire. Some of y'all may know who this is. You will in just a moment. He was a man, he knew how to set goals. At the age of 23, he became a millionaire. By the age of 50, he was a billionaire. Every decision, every attitude, every relationship was tailored to complete or to, to create his personal power and wealth. Everything he did was just around getting his wealth. He, everything he did, three years later, after he became a billionaire, at the age of 53, he became ill. His entire body, he says, was racked with pain. He lost all of the hair on his head in complete agony. He was the world's only billionaire. 
He could have bought anything he wanted. But the only thing he could digest was milk and crackers. His associate wrote, He could not sleep, he would not smile, and nothing in life meant anything to him. His personal, highly skilled physicians predicted that he would die within one year. That year passed on. It was agonizingly slow. As he approached death, he says he awoke one morning with a vague remembrance of a dream. He could barely recall the dream, but he knew it had something to do with not being able to take any of his successes with him to the next world. The man could control his business on this world, suddenly realized that he was not in control of his own life. And he was left with a choice. He says he called in his attorneys, his accountants, his managers, and announced that he wanted to channel all of his assets to hospitals, to research, and to work in missions. On that day, the John D. Rockefeller Foundation was established on that day. This new direction eventually led to discovery, listen, of penicillin, cures for different strains of malaria, tuberculosis, and diphtheria. That was all a result of this. Uh, it says the list of discoveries resulting from this choice is enormous. But the most amazing part of Rockefeller's story is not the moment that he began to give back or is the moment that he began to give back a portion of what he had earned. His body's chemistry was altered so significantly, significantly that he got better. It looked as if he would die at the age of 53, but he lived to be 98 years old. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it goes on, it says, Rockefeller learned gratitude and he gave back from his wealth. Doing so made him whole. It's one thing to be healed, but it's another thing to be whole. You know, that's what we're talking about. When we live life with a purpose, John D. Rockefeller was so focused on, on himself and, and his prestige and his growing that he forgot to give back to God. And, and when he did that, he found a wholeness in life that he had never experienced I talked about this a little bit last week. Pleasures won't last. Ephesians, uh, Ecclesiastes 2, 10 and 11. Solomon's talking about pleasures. We talked about this last week. I tried it all. I didn't deny myself anything that my eyes wanted. And he says this, As I looked at everything I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like the chasing after the wind. And there was nothing that was really worthwhile. Now, pleasures won't last. That's what Solomon's saying. He, he summed it up in Ecclesiastes 12, and I didn't put this scripture there, but it said, you know, I've, I've tried it all in the end. Uh, it's, it's seek God and keep his commandments. That's where it's at. Pleasures won't last. Possessions won't last. First Timothy 6, 7 says, Paul says, After all, we didn't bring anything with us when we came into this world. And we certainly can't take anything when we die. So our pleasures are just temporary. Our possessions are not going to last. Prestige, Matthew 19, 30. Jesus says this, 
Many who seem to be important are the first among us will be the least important then. And those that are considered the least here will be made great then or there. That's what Jesus said. So if we're living our life for pleasure and possessions and prestige, Scripture tells us just plain black and white, hey, they're fleeting, they're going to go away. But he that does the will of the Lord, that's going to last forever. Would you bow your heads with me today? And this is a closing thought for you this morning. You can't live life on purpose by accident. You can't live life on purpose by accident. Boy, God has a great purpose for us. That's so great to know that we're going to leave this place today and wherever we go, God has a purpose for that. We're going to go to bed tonight. We're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to go to our jobs or we're going to go wherever we go. We may go on vacation. We may go to any number of places. You know what? God has a purpose for that. Maybe it's a purpose to restore your body and give you some rest that you can be more about his work. Maybe it's a divine appointment God has for you somewhere. Maybe it's just a, a hug and a handshake and an encouraging word that others can see there's something different in you. Boy, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. If we can live that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to decrease our frustration. It, it's going to give us a goal to look forward to. It's going to give us meaning and a reason to get up in the morning because we're living on our purpose that God has given us. Before the creation of the world, he formed you as his masterpiece. He has a purpose for you and a plan for you. Father, I pray this morning as we just consider who we are in you, what we have in you, I pray, Lord, that we would know at first step towards finding our purpose in life and our purpose in you, that first step is knowing you as Lord and Savior. Boy, we look at what Paul said, and he realizes, I know Jesus Christ as my Lord. Because of that, I press on to that purpose that God has a hold of me for. I'm forgetting what's behind. My all those stumps and falls and bumps and bruises and mess-ups, those are, those are behind me. Satan, get, get behind me, and, and you think about your future. Don't think about mine because God has something for me. If you're up against the wall, you can glance back at, at those times that God has delivered you and then look forward to what God has before you. Father, any foolish words that I've spoken today, I pray that they'd be forgotten. And Lord, I pray that the very word of you would fall upon our hearts, and they would be fresh and anew. There would find fertile ground that that seed might grow. And Lord, that we might leave here today with joy in our hearts, knowing that we live life on purpose. We live life on a line. We're not simply making a circle and taking another block, but you have new, fresh beginnings awaiting us. And I pray we would live our life in that fashion. Lord, I pray now, however your spirit would lead us, wherever you would guide us, however you would direct us, we would respond to you. And I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen.